In this episode of Shut the Shit Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall, we're going unscripted and we're taking a deep dive into the trauma triggers we may face. This episode may include a discussion around some difficult conversations dealing with emotional and mental abuse. So we also want to encourage you to care for your own safety and well-being through counseling and additional support. Another disclaimer, we are not professional counselors. Don't even think we are because we're just two friends discussing a piece of our current journeys. And even in the midst of this all, our opinions may shift and change as we continue to grow through healing. So we're inviting you to join this hard conversation. Here we go. Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life wondering if you could be more, see more, or do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith, together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. Here we go. Episode three. Come on. Season four. Can you even believe this? We are fully invested. Fully invested. <laughs> we and are we're here. telling you all the things in this episode. We're like, oh. prepare your hearts. We're coming yes. hot and heavy. We're doing it. <laughs> we are not holding back. Ooh. Ooh, hot and heavy reminds me of some things in seventh grade. Do you ever play that seven minutes in heaven in parties? <laughs> oh. You were oh. a good girl, weren't you? You, you didn't maths, even dare. Mom. You didn't even dare. I don't know what that is either. My my 13-year-old daughter listening, I have no clue what that is. We if don't you ever know. hear it from your friends, you don't know want to know what it is. It's dumb. <laughs> it is heartbreakingly awkward what that is. It's not heaven. I can tell it's you that. Not, it's more like H E. No, we're fine. <laughs> if you're listening and you were my first kiss, I apologize. <laughs> I think I deserve the apology for my first kiss. <laughs> I think I think I fully need to have a written, expressed apology. <laughs> it was awful. It was horrible. Listen, we, we, we're not even getting into the good meat of the episode. I was this like, tell just... me more. Let's you read this in. Okay. I was like, are we going to go more? She read this in, folks. We've set boundaries here. Well, this is what happens when you are unscripted. And we are unscripted today. And here's the reason why. We wanted to have such an authentic flow for this conversation. Whether it be light and fun or heavy and deep, we want you to settle in, get comfortable, and listen for our audio listeners. If you're hearing us and you're like, oh, I love them. I wish I could see their faces and what's going on behind the scenes. We do a Facebook live broadcast of the recording of this episode every Monday. You can join us at our Facebook page. Just search, shut the should up. You will find us. We are not hard to find. Nope. And, uh, and it's a late night party, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard. Party. Come on. We are, we are like, let's do the late night things this year yeah. because that's out. when mom gets stuff done. Let's be honest. Yes. Let's the kids are asleep. Be hang out with Jenny honest. and Candace. That's, <laughs> That's all you right. do. That's right. Well, to get this show started, I felt what better way than just start with some confetti like praise. Confetti like praise. I paid 26 people to clap at the end of that audio reel. Confetti like praise. <laughs> 
Actually, that was, that was just a sound effect I added in. I have no <laughs> clue who that is clapping, but I love it. It makes me feel like I really just want to put that on repeat. And like, if I just hit my space bar on my computer and walk by it at any point in the day, I just want that clap, you know, like, ah, you're doing a good job. But yeah. Listen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a stage audience to affirm your life. Jenny, Did how you do see that? I made my toast. Clap. I chose an avocado that was fully ripe and not ruined. (laughs) Clap for me. Clap for me. I have arrived. (laughs) Hey, let's tell the people confetti like praise is literally 30 seconds where we just pause from the distractions and we just focus on the great things we see going around us. And we're just giving it some, we're, we're highlighting it. So are you ready? Candace, you're going to go first. Absolutely ready. Back and forth. And listeners do confetti like praise. Do this alongside us on your mark. Get set, confetti like praise. I absolutely love backpacks. The fact that they fit on your back and that you don't have to carry them on your shoulders is amazing, like across the side of your front of your body. It's great. Didn't see that coming. I am <laughs> thankful for you, Candace. I appreciate your friendship. Stop. I'm thankful for rainbows. Do you even know how great a rainbow is? I saw one yesterday. Yes, I do. Wow. Love them. I am. Yeah, so amazing. I'm thankful for foliage <laughs> i'm thankful for the guinness world book of records why are I'm they thankful keeping that that's a minute a that's i hate us a minute i gave us extra <laughs> that was more than 30 we but really long. the guinness book of world records got it who decided hmm i should keep a record of that crazy thing that guy he just put a ping pong in and out of his mouth blew it up in the air and caught it and I want to see how many times he can do it. And I'm going to I'm going to jot that down and then I'm going to say this is the record. And if anybody wants to try to beat it, I'll be there. I'll yeah. find out if you can. You know, Candace, this is planting a dream inside of my heart for us. <laughs> you the know, dream. we got to find a record that we can complete together. Absolutely. I feel like this needs to be a season 4 goal. Yeah. I feel like it has to happen. Listeners, Could you imagine the headline? Tell us what records to break. Tell us what yes, to fill. Please. To give us the research. Like 100. Put it in the chat it. right now. Yeah, Go ahead. Right now. Put it in our comments and be like, this is the world record we think that you guys can break. And we will go for it. I feel I feel it in my bones. This Me has, too. Like hundreds. I'm not kidding. Are you kidding? Me either. No, I'm, I'm not. Kidding. I'm dead. Like, serious. Isn't Look at like, my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Dead serious. 100% we're going to do it. <laughs> You hear our hearts. Could you We're imagine the headlines, in. though? I mean, this this would be major, major headlines. And speaking of headlines. Headlines. It's not the full story. It's just the headlines. I feel, I, I feel punked in this moment. <laughs> Candace is like, we're going unscripted. And she's like, I've been researching secret headlines for the last 20 months for this moment. All no, right, what you no, got? Not at all. I'm going to give the listeners and you my little behind the scenes of how smart I am. I have a book called Random Illustrated Facts, a collection of curious, weird, and totally not boring things to know. And these were things that are that were actually newsworthy at some point that don't have the full story. <laughs> oh, let's hear some. These are our food tidbits and a fun fact to chew on for today. <laughs> did you see what we did there? <laughs> a fun fact to chew on because it's food bits. Got it. 
My I, brain I don't is feel, spiraling. I wish I, I'm like, I, don't I feel, feel unprepared. Like no, because my, I'm having a trigger, <laughs> no. a trauma trigger of type A. I'm unprepared. I didn't do my homework or research and I have no headlines to bring to the table. It's fine. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. The first one. Did you know that in the 1830s, ketchup was sold not for what you would normally buy ketchup for now. I mean, th what do you do with ketchup? You're going to go to the store, you buy some ketchup. What's your first reaction? What should I do with this? Put it on a burger. Right. French fries, dippity dip. Yeah, dippity dips. You want to know what this was sold for in the 1830s? A remedy for diarrhea. <laughs> like medicine? Take a shot of ketchup and you're cured. <laughs> Listen. Does I don't work? know any of the full story. It's just the headline. Oh, no. The level of intrigue on this. All right. What's the next one? I'm taking a shot of ketchup next time I'm pooping my pants. Okay. Now, this is a very hard word that I can't say. And by the way, let's just keep that audio. Save that. Pooping my pants. Jenny just said that. Save that. Make a, make a middle marker. Turn it into a song. Turn that into jingle season five coming up. Now, number two, this is a hard word to pronounce. And so I'm just going to take a stab at it. If you're somebody that knows how to really um, <clears throat> say this, I, I challenge you <laughs> to, to just correct us. But it's called arachibuturophobia. I promise you it's spelled A-R-A-C-H-I. Arachi. B-U-T-Y. Booty, but booty, row, r o phobia, arachi booty, phobia, is the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. There's a word for it. Do you have that fear, no. listeners? Do you have that fear? Like peanut butter will get stuck at the roof of your mouth. Are you not enjoying a peanut butter jelly sandwich because you're like, no, 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 no. That peanut butter, you know where it's going to go? Roof of my mouth. And then it's not going to go away. That's a real thing. We have, we found the word for it. <laughs> we found and the this word fits for in it. with our episode. Yes. Come on. They don't even know. This is genius. No. All right. You want to know the third food tidbit? Next level. A fun I, fact yeah, to I'm chew ready. on. I'm chewing on it. <laughs> what is it? Okay. There is actually a secret to the shiny coating that's on jelly beans. It's, I mean, we're around Easter. Yeah. So people have probably been down in these jelly beans left and right. They How many of you have had a jelly bean recently? Be honest. Yeah. Be Did honest. It. And I'll tell you right now, I'll fight somebody on this. Starburst jelly beans are the best jelly beans. Sponsor us. I will that, talk about it all fact. day long. Agreed. Come on. There is not a juicier jelly bean in the world than a Starburst jelly bean. Yeah. Give them some amazing. free advertising. You want to sing a song about it? I'm getting their sponsorship. I need the Starburst yeah. jelly beans. Do it. The juiciest in the world. <laughs> oh, I mean, work in progress. <laughs> There's better. We okay. could do a little Starburst bit better. jelly them. beans. Uh, you've never had a better bean. Maybe? Yeah. We're getting um, closer? Yeah, closer. Yep. Okay, let's put What's them together. The Starburst oh. jelly beans. The juiciest bean you've never had. I'm not going to poop my pants. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed Save it. That. Save that. <laughs> What's the fact? What's the fact on the jelly so bean fact? This, this really weird fact about the shiny coating on jelly beans is actually made from sticky goo secreted by bugs. Wait. 
Current status or 1830s? Current status. And nobody ever ate a jelly bean again. <laughs> we are all dead. That's the end of that song. Lord have mercy. That's disgusting. Why did you read that? You just ruined everyone's Easter. You ruined it. You just bulldozed. I'm like really genuinely pissed about this moment. How could you, of all the headlines, see, this is why I come with my research. Of all the headlines you could have read, you chose that one. The world is blown up. You've gone out of focus in that camera. It's so bad. I'm offended. <laughs> of everything. You're like, yeah, this feels right. It wasn't right. This is I why knew I come that prepared. Would set you off to find that out. I look at you. You're completely like you've lost it. You I'm cannot road rage. back in. I'm road raged about this. your jelly bean raging. I wonder how many people are jelly bean raging as well right now that they're like. Well, read the fact again. Did you already close it? I no, was so I astonished. I just lost my mind. The shiny coating on jelly beans is made from sticky goo secreted by bugs. So imagine, if you will, a snail. <sighs> You think what's that little trail for? Starburst jelly beans got some snail description all over your body. Starburst jelly beans, we we scoop the goo for you. Remember, our opinions may change throughout this episode. We're fine, guys. We're fine, Starburst. We still, you still are the ultimate description maker. Um, what? Listen, I'm uncomfortable. Candace, Listen. I'm uncomfortable. What did you do? To oh, me? I just I just think it's wonderful because so many people are probably like, oh, I didn't need to know that about jelly beans, but here we are. And that's kind of how we do. I mean, we've all got stories that we could share about our jelly beans, but I think let's save this for our fun new section coming up. I, did, I mean, I just got to say, the Ooh. level of trust going into this segment, we're at a 50-50, Candace. You're like, let me guide this conversation. And I'm like, I trust you got this. And now I'm like, but does she? What are we talking about now? What are we doing? It's the oversharing. It's the it's the oversharing that always gets you. I mean, like, I know how to get your goat at this point, which, by the way, I'd really love to know where that phrase started. If you know, let us know. Get your goat. Is that just a South thing, Jenny? I've never heard it in my life. So it wasn't Wait, a phrase until two seconds don't. ago. Are you serious? Get your goat? Yeah, I'm getting your goat. My it's goat? Like, yeah, it's like I'm pulling your leg. I'm getting your goat. No, never heard it. <laughs> Go get some jelly beans to shove in your mouth. <laughs> just don't oh. get it. I don't got, I did pet baby goats a couple weeks ago. That's a different I, conversation. I saw the pictures on your social media, and I just got to be honest with you, high-key jealous. I can't even lie about oh, it. Like, I was yeah. like, wow. But do you know what? I just discovered, and this is great going into story time, because mm -hmm. this is a story that I wanted to share. You didn't even know this, but I discovered what the word for goat actually means in Hebrew. Oh. I kid you not. What is it? So it's just two letters to say goat in Hebrew. E-Z together. Ez. Oh, okay. And you know what? It, it's actually taken from another word that combines with it that actually means to provoke or to make um, uh, danger, dangerous. 
And I was like, why does this mean goat? So here's my story. I found this okay. out because I was studying this idea of why are we called sheeps and goats? Like they're pretty similar and close, right? Yeah. But really when a shepherd leads an actual flock down a hill, he mm -hmm. leads them in horizontal paths. Yeah, so they I knew kinda, that. Okay, so you knew that. I'm vibing. Okay. I vibe with Moses. We're we're bros. <laughs> so dumb. I love you so much. <laughs> Go get my goat. Reel it in. I don't still don't know how to use it. Continue. But I don't know if you've ever seen a goat. They don't follow a shepherd on these horizontal paths. Goats jump downward. Like they'll be at a high point on the mountain and they'll just jump straight downward and just be like, mm, I might make it. Like Geronimo, like here I go. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and they're just like, boom, boom, boom. You know, they hop because they yeah. want a faster, quicker way. Well, here's my story for us. Can I, sorry, go for 20 it. 22nd intermission. Yes. I saw an armadillo hopping across the grass the other day. Just facts. Continue your story. Wait, did it have like mosquito bites? Like why was it hopping? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? That's, That's why I hop in grass. I hop in grass when mosquitoes get my legs. So maybe the little mosquitoes were looking at the little armadillo legs. <laughs> so it's just just imagining it. Oh, I'm an armadillo, and the mosquitoes are coming. I must hop and this hop. But it's not a bunny hop. It's an. It has a shelly. It's not like nice and light. It's like a trample. Anyways, I just found, I don't think there were mosquitoes involved, but I like that oh. your brain tried oh. to rationalize that moment. Well, I'm just worried about that armadillo. What's he doing in life that he's got to hop around? Maybe he's just a happy armadillo. It's probably roadkill right now, if we're being honest. Okay, mm, so. That took a dark turn. Well. Your goat <clears throat> is hopping down the road yeah, with so mosquito these goats, bites. They, they jump downward. Well, here's my yeah. story about it. Yeah. Um, it actually kind of defines and brings some clarity to the type of personalities that we have being different followers of God. You know, I mean, we're, we're called to be sheep versus goats. And I was like, well, what's the big difference? The sheep follows patiently and the goat provokes. The goat oh. says, I can do it my own way and I can get there faster without your help, the help of a shepherd. And I just thought that is the coolest story I've ever heard in my life. And why hadn't anybody brought that up? So I thought I'd share it today for story time. Thank you. You're yeah. welcome. Like, how cool is that? Like, do you think you're a goat or are you being, are you, uh, I mean, the goal is not to be a goat, right? Right. Like, you don't want to be goal. an ez. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be an ez. <laughs> don't be, an, don't be an ez. It's really close to sounding like something else, like our show title, Shut the Should, but yeah. don't be an ez. <laughs> it just rolls off your tongue, right? Don't, it don't feels be a goat. good. Yeah. Yeah. It feels good. But seriously, yeah. like, like, I love that. So I thought that would be a fun story to share with people today because there may be, and I, I do want to tie this in. It's going to feel random, but this is what happens when we're unscripted. There may be situations in your life, especially in mine, where I want to take the short road. I want a shortcut. <clears throat> I want circle. Get, it is a full circle. And yeah, today, if you don't understand what we're going to be talking about with trauma triggers, I have to just lay this out. I've been a goat most of my life with my trauma triggers. I'm like, let me just get through this and just jump ahead and it'll be so fast and I won't have to deal with it. But you don't know my private life. And, and I'm going to yeah. share a little bit of that, this show and in this episode. And really the reality is, is I've taken over the past two years, a hard look and glance and been walking the slow horizontal path being led to my healing instead of trying to provoke or do my own thing or jump ahead and, and just be an ez, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
And so that's what I want our listeners to do today with us. And that just felt like the biggest Jesus joke, but here I'm here for it. I don't know if you I are. love it. I'm Come I'm on. the armadillo hopping with the mosquitoes. Like <laughs> let's slam down and get the job done. <laughs> let's go into it, Candace. Thank you for sharing that. I think it sets the stage beautifully for what's let's next. go. We just wanna listen and maybe we can do some good. You said what? Okay, before before, we, before we oh we both have befores before we we go into this like we set a disclaimer at the front of this and then we tell a lot of jokes and now we're diving in and I feel like that's just us like that's what yes, we do yes. and I'm here for it and I think well, our listeners are too in our you said what section this is yeah. a time that we actually get to hear from you so what I want us to do is right before we even get to sharing our stories our situations that you're like oh I identify with this I want you at the start of this episode to be prepared to share with us. I do believe that there is absolute freedom and healing that comes on the heels of confession. And I'm not saying that we're <clears throat> number one, a safe space for everybody that you need to confess your deepest, darkest things on the internet webs, please use discretion, but I want Time you to be place. prepared absolutely to share with somebody trusted in your life or with a therapist. If anything comes up from this point on that you feel like that, that made me think of this that happened to me, or that was involved in my personal story. We want to encourage you to share, share, share with somebody trusted because we are not just rooting for Candace and Jenny to walk through our trauma triggers, but we're rooting for you as well. So <clears throat> if you say, Hey, that's me, I'm all in. I'm ready. Then just let us know in the comments. And if you're a listener right now and you're audio only, then just go onto our iTunes and, and leave a review and say, man, this episode really impacted me. It opened up something in me that I wasn't expecting and share your story with us there. Either which way we want to hear from you, but now it's time to get into what we say as well. Come on now. What do we say? So I've, seen Candace walk this out. Part of our pause that we talked about episode one mm. was this as well. We're yeah. not giving you the nitty gritty details because honestly, you don't deserve them right now. Like, I've, you know, there's a safe, <laughs> there's a safe space and there's right. boundaries and we're, right. we're protecting my, my role in this conversation is the protection of Candace's heart as a friend. So that's, if I'm like, Ugh. That's what I'm here to do. Um, but I, I feel the Lord, True. to be honest, on this. And I'm proud of Candace for sharing. And we're just going to get down to it, Candace. Um, you told me that you were in counseling yesterday. Yes. And yes. why don't we just start there? What you walked <clears throat> away with some new words, having a label in a healthy way that helps True. you process through things. So can True. you just... Can you, let's start there. Well, I know I want to give some perspective a, a little bit backwards so that okay. um, people aren't completely shocked. But um, if you've read Laugh It Up, my first book, mm -hmm. you hear me talk about my childhood was very <clears throat> transient to say the least. Okay. So I, the last time that I counted and was able to actually like remember how many elementary schools that I went to, it was about 23. As a matter of fact, the first chapter in my book, the title is called Finding Happy in the Homeless. <laughs> and mm. it's because I was a nine-year-old child that was homeless, um, living with my family in a van. And so I do have these things that have been traumatic and not normal upbringing. 
for a child to experience. But yesterday, um, I decided that not only should I seek this out, but it also came at the recommendation of a year of therapy as well. So doing other types of therapy, but I, I was recommended to start doing trauma counseling for both post-traumatic stress disorder and <clears throat> what I now can identify as um, complex childhood trauma. And so uh, one of the phrases that was said to me yesterday, and people are like, ooh, give me details. Tell me more of your trauma. Is it just because you were homeless as a kid? No, there's multiple things involved in this. Multiple yeah. things that have meant and led to this road, not meant, but led to this road um, right. that I'm living right now. Um, but most of them because of my coping skills, not because of my personality. Can we just start there? Mm-hmm. Because mm -hmm. of my coping skills that I developed, not because of my personality. I need people to understand that there is a difference. Yeah. The way that you cope does not mean that is who you are. Come on. So I've been coping most of my life with things that are abnormal to what a normal life should look like mm -hmm. um, by being the kid that avoids or goes and escapes reality and, and creates a happy space. And many of you probably see this as a strength in me. You know, you're like, oh, that lady, she just has so much defiant joy. Listen, I've written Bible studies about it in books. I get yeah. it. I get it. It is a strength because it's been a coping skill. But that does not mean it cancels out my traumatic triggers. Yeah. So I've been coping. But now it's getting to the point in my life I, I recognized about a year and a half ago where all of my coping skills were not serving me well anymore mm -hmm. because I was being triggered on a daily basis, sometimes an hourly basis. And you know, this behind the scenes, mm -hmm. <laughs> therefore yeah. and, led me to counseling. And the triggers were, I just want to be clear. Yes. The things that were triggering you were outside of your control yes, and, and your I, immediate environment within your core four. Absolutely. external of that. And Absolutely. these triggers would come in and interrupt your day. And I would assume, and you can put words to this if you feel comfortable. Sure. And you in a spiral, one would assume. Oh yeah. Um, I would, I would even categorize it as like an actual clinical term, not just be like saying this, mm -hmm. but um, manic, I would have manic episodes where Which, I, I could is stay. That the low? That's the low. No, or the, the high manic can Expand be both. Expand on that. Okay. So uh, manic can be um, what I I encountered was the ability and the strength to stay up at an energy level for multiple days at a time with little mm -hmm. to no sleep, and I was experiencing that. <laughs> like people would be like, "Oh, she's so fun," and I'm like, "Okay, but I'm dying on the inside trying to maintain this energy." Um, and then on the opposite side, when those spouts of a couple or you know, several days at some points would happen like that. Uh, then I would completely crash manic low where don't talk to me. I'm sleeping 14 hours today, shut my family out, go behind a closed door and be like, fend for yourself. And so there was no consistency with how's mom going to be today. Right. How's mom yeah. today. And I want to, before we jump too much further to really define this word triggered, so that we're not throwing away um, careless terminology here or mm -hmm. assigning it to something that it doesn't mean. Yeah. But triggered is actually an adjective. Um, it's an activation 
of something, a response caused by an action or process or a situation. Um, honestly, what it, what it means mostly to all of us is being triggered as having an emotional or a physical reaction to an external factor that reminds someone of a traumatic event that they have experienced. Mm. It could be, um, shown up in the form of a flashback or a panic attack. And when we're talking about traumatic triggers today, that's the language that we want you to hear that definition of what I was experiencing. And I know I'm not alone in this, you know, triggered is something <laughs> we put in memes now, you know what I mean? Like triggered, they forgot a nugget of mine at the Chick-fil-A <laughs> yeah. triggered. I found out that uh, jelly bean is slime, slime juice from buggies, you know, <laughs> you're like, I'm triggered. <laughs> Major triggered. <laughs> but the reality was, is I was having these traumatic triggers that were, were causing me to be debilitated in my daily functions of life. And I knew that I couldn't cope the same way I'd been coping through, through all of my life. And that was uh, the question I had, Candace, okay, was let's go. your response to the external factor coming in that caused the trigger was the, was your response. So is your trigger how you walk it out or is like, that's something else. So for example, I can give a personal one and it's not my greatest shining moment. And it actually paints me in a horrible light to everybody, but I don't care. This is what well, we're. Well, no, I can't. I care. <laughs> You're that's like, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. No, I, no. And I'm just, I, that, but that wasn't leading to that. What I was asking is mm. I was trying to formulate my question in the sense that the way you were responding, the manic, right? The high and the lows. Yes. It was. Was that because that's how you responded growing up? So the, your natural tendency was mm. self-preservation. This is what happens. And then I respond like this. Or was that something new for you that was starting to happen? It was something new. So I see what you're saying. Okay. It, it was something new. Normally, um, when I say that I was able to cope a certain way, for example, my biggest we're getting personal. My biggest form of coping is comfort food. Mm -hmm. And listen, I'm, I'm a full believer in the fact that there shouldn't be food restrictions or food rules. I I'm fully convinced that food in and of itself is not our enemy. It's to be enjoyed. And I do believe that there's food that we consume to nourish our bodies, but I do believe sometimes we consume food to nourish our souls too. You can't mm -hmm. tell me that a big piece of chocolate that's covered in sea salt and has a caramel drizzle in the middle of it in the shiny foil package is not going to make me have a, an endorphin raise and make me feel a little bit happier in my soul. Do you know or what I mean? Jelly beans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and that's, that's honestly, so I'm, you may yeah. be of a different school of thought than I am about, about food, but I, that's what I believe is that there shouldn't be food rules and that you shouldn't categorize food itself as the bad object. But for me, what I had done to cope, is I would solely consume things to try to nourish my soul. And those would be the higher calories, the dense calorie drinks, the, the things that would just be like, I can't get enough of that because there's something deeper inside of me that's hurting and I don't know how to fix it. So the emotional, you needed this emotional fulfillment and you were getting that through what you were eating. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, what, what I was eating so and drinking. Eating and drinking. So yep. for example... I wasn't even going to try. Okay. I'm not going to give the healthy example of how our body should respond. Cause that's different for everybody. 
Sure. I would assume. Sure. But, so that's a, so that's, that would be, um, perhaps a coping technique. Um, and you're recognizing these unhealthy triggers or I don't even think that's the trigger. The trigger is when the external stimulus comes in, then you're being triggered and that's your response to the trigger. Am Absolutely. I saying that the right way? So okay. I would have these triggers that would be ignited by trauma. They would be something that would remind me of something that was a traumatic event in my life mm-hmm. or a way that I was spoken to yeah. or, <laughs> or a way that I was abused um, emotionally. Like, uh, here's the deal. I have somebody in my life that's a manipulator and yeah. always makes you feel as though it's your fault, that you're wrong. They're, they've never taken, and I'm using large language and big generalizations here. Okay. So please hear me that I'm not trying to vilify a person or who this person is, but, but the reality of what I am seeing is there has been very little of acknowledgement of wrong on their part. There's a lot of manipulation on your wrong. You're the problem. So now I would be triggered by a situation where I may have actually done something wrong to harm a friend, but hearing about it and being confronting about it would trigger the trauma response of me going, you're, I'm always wrong. I am the problem. And now I have to cope in a way that's comfortable and comforting to me and familiar. And these familiarities led me to places that were unhealthy. I didn't have healthy ways of coping. And I realized that even my, let's not talk about food, but even my way of coping with fun, my coping of of avoiding pain is something that has absolutely given me great things in my life. I mean, like the byproduct has been wonderful. If I say, oh, this isn't a fun situation. How do we get out of it? Let's make the room laugh. Let's make everybody in here excited. Change the subject. Hey, did you hear about this movie? Let's turn it on together. It's going to make us all feel better. And what I started seeing is that the the older I grew, and I'm, I'm talking about age-wise, the, the older I grew, the more mature I would grow emotionally, the more mature I would grow spiritually, I would find it was necessary to respond differently to my trauma triggers. And that is what's led me to where I'm at now. And this conversation in front of the world. Yeah. I, I, I want to pause on something you said that stood out to me, Candace. Um, I just want to give space for this. Let's go. Cause it makes me feel sad for you. Oh, no, don't, okay. No, well, no, I no. want to say don't cry, but then I'm like, eh, well, that's not fair eh, of me to whatever. say that either. Okay. Oh, don't trigger my response. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, I heard you say something would trigger you and you turn the room to entertain it and make it fun and make it lighthearted. Sure. And that's that, that is, that is a heavy burden to carry. Oh, well, to, because to feel the weight of, I need to make this situation lighter. Mm. And I just want to say like, as a friend, mm. I'm, I'm sorry. That was something that you felt the weight of to steward. Oh. I mean, look, looking now, like amazing, turn the room, make the room lighthearted. Like we can see God use that as a good thing now. I mean, it's literally your job, right? Like let's deal with the hard stuff, but then I'm going to turn the room and ha- and make it fun and like entertain. Sure. But as a child in unhealthy situations, that is heavy, but I, I'm just processing through it, but I see the redemption in you 
in another way through it. Does that mm. make sense? Absolutely. Well, and I know that that's, it's a sad thing to think, but you're describing why I needed to get out of it. Like you, yeah. you're like, I see that for you and how that must feel. Ultimately, at some point I had to realize my coping mechanisms were not working for me and they were making me feel worse. And you're describing it perfectly because imagine the weight of not just the room around me and my family and making everybody in that small room feel better about their lives, but now put me on a stage, give me a platform, completely remove the shield of my anonymity that I'd had in my life. And now I'm everybody's bestie to make them all feel good. And that weight became unbearable. And when I say unbearable, I'm talking about symptomatic signs that were pointing to me. You can't do this. Mm. I had a full blown panic attack. Felt like I was having a heart attack. Couldn't breathe. When was catch this? My breath. This was um, in late 2019. It was uh, behind. Okay. When you, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was actually, I left stage from, first of all, I overcommitted. I'm not even going to lie. And if you're the church that I was at and I did this, I'm sorry. You probably didn't get the best of me that day, <laughs> but like they wanted me to come in and not only speak for a 45, 50 minute time frame, mm -hmm. they wanted me to do that for two services, which that's not abnormal in this world yeah. that we live in. But then they were also like, Hey, it's kind of around the holidays and our worship staff is taken off. You, you lead worship. Can you just, we'll, we'll supply the band. Can you also do our worship set. And I was like, Oh, okay. So now I'm doing a full hour and a half of high energy on a stage, leading an entire room into how you're supposed to emotionally respond to this song, <laughs> to this message. And let's not forget this. Only nine days earlier, I had an emergency gallbladder removal surgery. And so I was clammy and sweaty and stitches were hurting and I had a girdle on holding things in. I mean, like it was like a perfect storm. <laughs> Let me lead you into the presence of the Lord and, and, and then preach the about while, it. This is going to sound nasty, hoping that I'm not seeping from a bandage in front of them. I mean, like it was when I say it was like the perfect storm for me to have a trigger. Mm -hmm. I, I felt like there is no coming back in between the two services. I was backstage and I felt like I was having a heart attack and that I couldn't catch my breath and I was clammy and my, my entire skin was broken out in that cold sweat that I couldn't stop or prevent. Um, and I knew, I knew then I was like, there's too much. This is too heavy. I can't do this. And a lot of people could even listen to this and say, oh, well, your schedule was too busy or you were at a high functioning pace in your work. And, and so I want to encourage people too to understand this. Yes, that could have been something that triggered it was the high intensity of the work and the volume that I had. But what was lying underneath the surface was all the years of the things that I have done to try to cope with those high stress situations. And I knew that any of those tools that I had accumulated or used in years past or in that moment did me nothing, did me no good. And let's humanize this moment for the listeners for a second. Like two, if your body's your physical body, we're not even talking emotional, mental, spiritual, your physical body is weary, exhausted. It things will, and it, a response will be different to a trigger. If you walked in 
feeling rested, you know, so I just want to put that out there as well. This is why it's good to rest. It's good. So I'm just like setting that as something to analyze within your own lives if you're listening to this, but so take us back. So you have this moment of like breakdown. Yeah. Could people recognize that around you or was it all internal? Um, Most of it was internal, except for the person that I had brought with me on that trip to be my road manager, my friend to really kind of help me. Yeah, Yeah. my person. And um, she was like, hey, 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 what can I do to help you? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm literally trying to breathe through something going, I don't know. And I mean, like, and she was like, do we need to call an ambulance? That's that's where we're at. And I'm like, I, I, I don't even know the answer to that. That set me on this journey. And I'm in the middle of it. So I want some clarity as well for anybody listening to be like, okay, well, what did you find out? What kind of therapy did you start? What kind of trauma counseling are you receiving? All of those things, I'm in the middle of my process of finding what's good for me. So as I share that with you on this very public platform, that's a podcast, until I've walked through this and know what really works and doesn't work for me, I'm not ready to share that part of it. I'm not ready to share this is what works for me or or I'm trying this and maybe it, maybe it won't because what that does is it solicits people to just say, let me, well, try this, try this. And I'll just be honest with you. There is no relational equity that you could give me that would earn the ability for me to trust a stranger on the internet for what's worked for you and what hasn't. Those are few and far between where it feels like a little spark of, Oh, they did say something that I might should check out. The real, the reality is, is I have trusted people in my life right now that I'm walking through with that. Yeah. You have your core people. And I do, I do want to say something as a friend, you, that moment in 2019, Mm. had you quite like, had you prepare for your job in a different way? So when you're stepping on the platform now, you know how to deal with the triggers that come. So I'm just saying that like, as a leader, like that's, that wasn't, that was a building up moment for you. It wasn't one that's tearing you down. And now you're showing up as like, uh, like, what is happening when you're preaching? Like there's oh, a foundation. Yeah. There's a foundation <laughs> to the building up that the Lord has done where when you step up, you're not weary, you're walking on there strong. And we can apply this to all our own careers and jobs and stepping into the home, like whatever spaces we are in this trauma trigger created a response where you knew this is not healthy and you knew like, I need to figure this out so I can, as a leader, step into this place more whole. And you've, and I'm speaking as a friend and a leader, you've done that. So I'm, that's my disclaimer of protection over your life in this moment. Hmm. You're, you're doing that. And I think it's different Hmm. to preach from a place of process while you're walking out wholeness Hmm. than preaching from a, a place of brokenness. Mm. and on 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 understanding the healing right like does that make sense so i just well i'd be you are exactly saying something and i know why you're saying this so let's just not jump through the hoop let's say it yeah when you go public on a podcast and share a story like this people can now go oh do we want to invite her is she yeah that's why i'm I'm preserving your paycheck, Candace. I'm right. Kidding. I know. I get yeah. it. No, I yeah. do get it because you you are right that people can assume things from this. But I'll even tell you this, Jenny, and you're preserving of me for that, which is it's a gracious friend. But I'll be I'll be really honest. The reason why I continue counseling today and that I'm seeking even more deeper counseling is because what I experience by being triggered is not sustainable. 
I cannot continue being built up and torn down, built up and torn down, built up and torn down. And as a matter of fact, one of the things that my therapist said to me that I thought was, oh my goodness, like, you know, when somebody says something and you just start crying because you've never thought of it and you're like, ah, that's the words I've been missing my whole life. Yeah. Um, But she said something the other day. She said, in essence, you've been groomed for chaos. Oh. (laughs) And, um. The reality of that statement is so heavy upon me because it's more true than anything I've been able to identify and label in the middle of this. When you've been emotionally and mentally abused by somebody that is close to you and that you love dearly, um, you do feel like you are equipped to only know how to deal with chaos. And I just keep a comfortable space. Oh yeah. In a way. Yeah. Which, which makes it, you know, I mean like I'm high functioning in stressful situations. I mean like there are strengths that come from that, that are, that are, you know, side effects that are positive, but there are also adverse reactions to that. Um, which kind of reveal itself too. how deep do we want to get, but it reveals itself in other ways that I naturally didn't even see it as like, a way to cope, but think of how how I married. My husband is the complete opposite of me. He's the complete opposite of everything I've experienced in my life. So if I moved and was so transient and nomadic when I was a child, this man has never moved more than 20 miles away from where he was born. And he's 40, he'll be 45 this year. So he's had, we've, we've been married 20 years and we've lived in the same home for 13 of those years. Yeah. I've never lived in a home for 13 years straight unless it's been with him. Like there's a steadiness that my soul needed. And I didn't even know it that when it came time for me to make a choice, I saw him and man, it wasn't just attraction because he's, he's so cute and has a great beard and looks like David Crowder. That's kind of cute. But like there was an attractiveness about him with how steady he was. He was the things that I didn't have to manage and, and have be a whirlwind in my life. And um, so, I mean, it's, it's remarkable the things that you discover when you go through counseling to really uncover what those triggers are because Not only will you see bad, but you're going to see the good things too. I was going to say that, Candace, when you were saying how you were groomed for chaos. And one thing, and you, we just flew by it the other day when we were just casually talking, but because you've done the hard, you're doing the hard work and you know there's redemption and restoration, right? Yeah. You're, you're recognizing the triggers and even with your kids, you're reframing mm. the story because yeah. I remember you, yeah. you told me like, let's pause and celebrate the fact that we've been in this home. Like you're <laughs> even like sharing with them, like this is a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it is. Yeah. There was a day, um, <laughs> there was a day not that long ago where I was like, Hey, I need y'all. I know you're not going to get this because this is normal to you. I said, right. but I need you to see that you have a completely different childhood than I've experienced. And I want you to see how incredible some of these things are. 
And, and it was just kind of like, okay, lift up your eyes that we're changing it. We're breaking a cycle. I'm not putting my family, the next generation into the same behaviors and patterns. Yeah. And it was monumental. I mean, it was, it was a good moment for us as a family. So your, your growth thus far, your process, your journey that the listeners can gleam is the Lord and your hard work and the counsel, like you're learning to recognize the triggers. You're learning how to respond in a healthy way through getting the support and you're prayerfully considering and the Holy Spirit is enabling you to see the good in the midst of, and it's not a false good. You're not just pacifying, right? You're seeing the good and that gives you hope to continue to press in and even Un, like mm. uncover even harder stuff because you know there's a hope at the other side of this. Is that sure. correct? Sure, absolutely. And I do believe that people right now that are listening, uh, they may actually be feeling that as well saying, okay, well, she, wow, she's really in the middle of it. She's not out of the clear. She's in yeah. the beginning of it and she's not giving us details. Here's the deal. We don't have to give details to give you identifiers with one another. Mm-hmm. We felt like this episode was so important to do Because you may be in a place in your own personal life where you're being triggered by trauma that's been stored in either your body or it's been stored in your thoughts or in the way that you cope and you don't know what to do next. All I'm doing in this section is telling you I'm doing the harder thing for the first time in my life and I'm embracing pain. From a lady that's lived full and free of embracing pain. Listen, it is probably the hardest task I know to sit with pain and to go, let me embrace, not just embrace it, but let me absorb, absorb and know that I am strong enough, capable enough, and that I'm not going to be crushed under the weight of it. And I can only know that by what the word of God tells me as a believer. So I know we talk both and sometimes here, like we are advocates that you can have a therapist and Jesus, right? Yeah. But I do want you to know that there are some specific verses that have led me through that. And I think that that just naturally leads itself to he said what, Mm -hmm. our next section. So we're just going to jump into that. And I want you to just pay close attention if you're a person of faith and you're like, man, okay, but what's the spiritual component? I've got one for you and let's go. He said what? Wow. Okay. So what would you think, Jenny, that yes, would be ma'am. the thing, the the one scripture I would go to in this time of my life? Is there anything that you've been like, the church really likes to say this word, this Bible verse for anxiety, or they like to say- The Lord has healed the brokenhearted. Hey, or he's near to the brokenhearted. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. He'll be near to you. Um. Yeah. Are yeah, you going to yeah, flip yeah. The, squit, the script on the common- Ones. I have one I love, Isaiah 41, 10. Let's go you want for me it. to read it? Yeah, what does that say? But if you're going to make fun of it and be like, that's not the one. I'm going to read it. No, I feel like it's powerful. make fun of a Bible verse. <laughs> what, what kind of person do you think I am? I don't know. One that blows my mind with jelly bean <laughs> talk. Okay. Here, here's what it says. Go for it. Um, 
fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And for me, that's, that's the security and the sustaining hand of God we have as we walk mm. through a process of healing instead of, cause sometimes God can heal in an instant and that's magical, but I mean, magical, holy, right. But sometimes right. he can right. heal in the process. And this verse for me is the healing that comes through the process. And I just imagine him like hey, our hands are up and he's literally just sustaining with his hands. So that's a verse that I find comfort in, but, but what were you going to lead us through? Um, I'm going to lead us through Romans five, three through five. Um, we rejoice in our sufferings. Have you heard that before? We rejoice <laughs> in our sufferings. The script on it. I knew you were flipping it. <laughs> we yeah. rejoice in our sufferings. Or how many of you have even heard like James, consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. Yeah. And you've heard it in a way that's very flippant of get your consideration up, figure it out. You're seeing it wrong. See it as joy. And then you'll find some good in it. Mm -hmm. And you won't have an emotional response. Can I, I just want to do a little nug right here. Go for it. You, something you said when we were like trying to quantify our conversation for the listeners, like recognize your trigger, triggers, embrace and absorb the pain. Um, yeah. Get the support, see the good, right? So in the recognizing and in the absorbing of the pain, I had this thought of something I wrote about a while ago and it's like in order to move past something, you have to see it first. Ooh, yeah. And if you're not, if you're compartmentalizing, if yeah. you're, if that's unrecognizable to you, you cannot move past it typically. And that verse that you just read, and I want you to read again, but that verse for me is saying that same thing. Mm. See the sorrow. Mm. So can you read that again? Sure. Well, this is just the first part of verse three. We rejoice in our sufferings. But the thing is, is I would never read the following verses and understand it. And this is where I want us to camp. Um, and I believe I've shared this before on our podcast. And especially if you follow me on my personal pages, you've probably seen this. But I need it to be identified with this moment of being triggered. Okay. Because this is what I read. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Yeah. Endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. And I, I saw this verse for the first time with some clarity going, okay, so what? I'm supposed to suffer and that's going to let me have an endurance? Great. And then endurance, what does that do? It's going to give me character? Great. But then it flipped my mind when it said, and then your character produces hope. I've been telling people for years, and maybe you've even heard it here on the podcast in seasons before, but get your hopes up. Just get those hopes up and then your joy will follow. It'll make your life okay. Just get that hope up. Mm -hmm. And the reality was, is I'd been taking everything out of the wrong order. Wow. Endurance is what comes first. Just taking the next step. And this is what I, this is what I found freedom in was going, I cannot embrace pain fully by avoiding it and trying to muster up this, this thing called hope. How can I hope when everything is crap right now? And I, I'm so glad I saw this verse for what it was because suffering produces endurance in me. It gives you the ability to take another step. 
So when you're in the middle of it, in the thick of it, you have a strength that's supernatural where you can take another step. And I look at, um, you know, the old Amy Grant song, which is also a psalm from the actual book of Psalms, but thy word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. I, I don't have to see the full road ahead of me or the full, you know, um, uh, perspective from the clouds down looking at what my life's going to bring, but I can see the very next step and take it. And this is where I had to start. And for me, that, that was seeking out a counsel that was seeking out therapy that was seeking out honest conversations and no longer running to those things that gave me comfort that were horrible habits. And listen, when I say horrible habits, I need us to be clear on this too. They were harmful. They weren't horrible in the fact that they were bad mm -hmm. things, but they were causing me harm, not health. Yeah. And, and we cannot continue to run to things that are causing us harm, expecting healing. Yeah. And that's where I was. I was literally just trying to find, how do I get hope? How do I get hope? How do I feel better about this? How do I, ah, oh, it feels how so gross. How do I pacify it? Let yeah. me be that goat right now. Let me just jump down five levels. Can I just get away from it? Can I just, huh, is there a path that I don't have to walk the horizontal? Armadillo it. it. Yep. <laughs> Jump from the mosquitoes. Jump. You will not get bitten. Not on my watch, says the Lord. I'm just kidding. But I, I really yeah. did feel like the Lord was telling me this rush of, of wind of freedom in this passage going, Candace, I don't care about your hope right now. I care about your next step. I care about your and endurance. I care about your heart. <laughs> well, in that endurance, look, look at what that leads to. Character. Some of us don't know how to cope with triggers in a, in a good, healthy way because our characters never endured anything. We've always pressed the button to move ahead fast. And I, I mean, I hate being that mama for us right now, but come on, don't we all need to be told that, that, that there's not an easy way through pain. Like that's why it's pain. But in Philippians 3, it also tells us that we get something this side of heaven that, that we won't get for all eternity. We get to share in the sufferings of Christ and the knowledge of those sufferings. I mean, like, this is a beautiful part of our life, this side of heaven, that we dismiss and avoid. Well, I, I say we. I had been dismissing and avoiding because it was too much to handle, too much to carry, too much to bear. But here's the beautiful thing about all of this that, that's in this passage as well. That your hope, when you finally develop hope and character and endurance out of sufferings, that hope won't put you to shame. You won't look back and be like, I wasted my years. I wasted all my effort enduring through that suffering. And what did, what good did it do? It says your hope will not be put to shame because God's love has been poured into your hearts through the Holy Spirit the whole time. So you won't feel lonely and isolated in it, which is what pain does is it makes you feel lonely and isolated. But by God, literally by God, through his help, through the Holy Spirit, you're going to be experiencing a greater love into your heart without shame. And the opposite had been happening to me in my thoughts, in the way that I naturally was coping. It was flooded with shame. Well, great. I gained another 40 pounds because of me choosing comfort food. 
well, great. I'm just a failure. I don't know how to cope with this. And I'm not going to break this cycle for my family. Do you hear all those things that were just shame filled when I tried to do it aside from what the word of God instructs is simply take another step. Trust me for that step. Endure, walk through the pain. I'm with you. I'm going to be giving you my love every step. Let's go. And not only that, you don't have to be mysterious about it. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit to comfort you the whole time. I mean, it's dramatically changed my life and I'm, I love where I'm at right now. And I know I'm not even scratching the surface of where I'm going to be. I'm feeling the, I'm feeling the dramatic pause. I, there's so much wisdom and you feel it, but Mm. you don't. You don't mm. get the extent of what you're saying, Candace. There's so much wisdom that you're sharing. And I'm and I'm thankful we're discussing this. There's mm. freedom if anyone can relate in any way, shape, or form to this conversation. I I believe we we lack discernment in what true freedom looks like. And when you can yeah. recognize those triggers when you can face them, when you can endure, when you can trust first and foremost that Jesus cares about our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. And that through a relationship with him, we have the indwelling of the Holy spirit to guide us, to lead us, to comfort us. There is greater freedom and depths of his love and freedom. I got an amen. I heard that. I know my, my little opal was just giving us some hallelujah. Yeah. In and the I, form of and a bark. I'm, I, I was thinking about this the other day because, you know, I'm an introvert, a writer who thinks about all the things. And mm. I think often we flee from the darkness when truly the darkness is a moment to sit and see the light. Like there, there is light coming. Well, think of and it this way. And if we just run from that darkness, like, yeah, there's a time and a place, but sometimes it has to be a little unsettling as you wait think- to see the light. That phrase that you're saying, flee from darkness, is so countercultural to how God even shows us what darkness is. In our everyday, the only reason darkness appears is because the sun leaves. Mm-hmm. So darkness never flees or darkness never overtakes us and makes right. light flee. It's, it's the fact that that darkness itself arrives because there's the absence of light. And this is where I feel like metaphorically in a big, strong metaphor, we're speaking here. There are a lot of people that are walking in darkness that feel as though, oh, where's just the glimmer of hope, that glimmer of light. I want to just encourage you right now. Make the calls, find the insurance plan, ask for, ask for provision from the Lord for being able to pay the cost of some therapy. If that's what you need next is your next step. And let's go. I mean, there's there's teletherapy you can reach out to. There's things that you can do online. There's things that you can do in person. I'm not telling you what we have. We're not having a sponsor come in and be like, this is this episode is sponsored by so and so and so and so. We're Starburst. we're just saying Starburst. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're, we're just saying we see the value in it, and that being yeah. a great step to endure. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I do want to kind of shift here at the end of the show. I know we're running longer than we normally do in an episode. And we did give you disclaimers at the beginning that this was going to be a little bit heavier. But can I, I do wanna... one more disclaimer before you dive into that? Yes. Another disclaimer. Disclaimer Valley. Let's go. Our friends and listeners. <laughs> it is not your job. I'm going to mm. say this. Mm. It is not your job to Google Candace's name and figure out what's going on. 
That's not your job. Let's just say it. You won't find it anyways. You're not going to figure it out. I'll tell you right now. You have no idea. And it's not your job to know. Right? And We're you don't not, need to assume through different assume posts. Yeah. Oh, that's what she meant. All you get to do is support your sister in Christ and just love her. And stop being so mean on your comments. Just saying. Well, we just already did block and bless. So we don't need to worry about that. We'll just block and bless them. (laughs) But listen, I do have an exercise. And I think this is all about watching how the Lord will come through with you. So we don't use this song for this normally, but it's an unscripted. So let's go for it. Won't you do it, y'all? Time and time again, won't you do it, y'all? All right, we're going to give you an exercise. This is something that we give you homework because I I think that this conversation would be horrible at the end of this time right now to just stop and say, okay, go figure it out and not give you practical, uh, an exercise, a practical exercise that you can do. So I know this this. is going to seem silly, but this is basically just called the empty chair. Okay. So I know, I know, I know, I know. I want you to find a private room, a place with two chairs. And I want you to have them sit and face each other. Are they doing this now while they listen? Or no, no, later? no. This is homework. This is homework. Oh, this is, right. Yes. Yeah. 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 This is so, now. <laughs> take us with you. No. Somebody's driving. They're like, I'm pulling over right now. Like, I'm here for it. Get my armadillo and Skittles. Starbucks. What was the thing? Pick up Jelly some Starburst. Jelly beans. Yes. No, they, anyway, sorry. You, when you have Two time with room. homework. Empty room with an empty chair, two chairs, have them face each other and take a seat Mm -hmm. in one of them. And, um, the chairs may seem silly. Listen, I get that. I get that. But trust me, it works better by than by just doing it in your head. So there needs to be like an actual visual for you to see. Okay. And what you're going to do is have this exercise, have one purpose. It's to have a conversation with the Lord about yourself. And I know this is going to feel a little silly and and out of the box to some of y'all. And they're like, Candace, you've lost it. But when I did this, it was so powerful, Hmm. transformative. Because it was the first time I gave the Lord permission to speak into my life that didn't come from a sermon or alone time in a Bible study in the morning or retreat that I was at. And I had some extra time to journal about what does the Lord think about me? It was an intentional sit down conversation. And I asked some hard questions and I want you to ask these questions of him. And I want you to just journal down what you feel like his response would be. Not what your response is, but what do you feel like his response would be from the character that you know God already has, from his word, from the way that he speaks, the the normal thing. And then I want you to check it with people that you love and trust. Say, am I right? Am I right to think that this is what God thinks about me? Because here's here's what you may discover in this exercise. You don't know the voice of God and what he really thinks about you because you're so clouded with what you think about yourself. Mm. And I've had that happen to me as well. So here's what you're going to ask as you sit in that chair and you have the conversation. First question is simply this. Tell me one thing that you absolutely love about me. And I want you to wait for that response and write it down. That's a good one. Conversation point number two. 
have you really been with me all of my life? Uh, I'm having a visceral reaction right now to that because I distinctly remember the Lord reminding me that in my darkest moments, it's his character to never abandon me or leave me. And um, it gave me the ability to know that he could be trusted with the third question. Mm. <laughs> um this third thing I want you to just seek out and just ask. If I had a different life, hmm. would I be able to honor you the way I can honor you now? And I mean that by if I had different life experiences, if I had different moments would they change the way that I could bring you glory and honor right now? And we could get into theological debates and discussions all day long, but I want you to ask this question because for me, I felt like it was so important to ask it because I know that there have been things that I've lived that are my story, that are not anybody else's, that have caused me to be able to bring the Lord glory in ways that only I can from this moment and from this moment on. Those are heavy questions that may leave you feeling uh, a lot of things. And this is the challenge that I want to have with our homework. This is not just for you and your own thoughts and your own process. This has to be shared with somebody that you trust. This is the beginning of opening a conversation. Because I feel like a lot of people can't even get to those hard questions because when you're triggered, your immediate response is the big O nasty should that we try to shut up here on the show. Yeah. I shouldn't feel this way, or I should deal with it this way, or I should avoid that question, or I shouldn't go that deep, or I shouldn't maybe get in my headspace there because it's going to make me doubt X, Y, or Z. I'm never afraid of what the Lord shows us in truth and love. Yeah. And for me, I wholeheartedly and fully am pursuing health in every area and aspect of my life. And that came from sitting down and being honest with not what I thought I should be, how I should respond, what others want me to be and look like for them. But just honestly asking of the Lord the questions that I think were really hard for me to ask and then take that and say, this is my perception of what I feel like has been my whole life and working through those things with somebody that's a trusted counsel. Yeah. Question one, tell me one thing you love about, you really love about me, God. That, that could be a seven hour prayer. So like that, <laughs> you know, how, like, how I'm long can you go? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like sit, sit with the questions. Don't bulldoze through to get to the next. Yeah. And I just want to clarify and question. So the questions were, tell me one thing you really love about me. Have you really been with me all my life? And these are questions you're bringing to God and mm -hmm. waiting for a response on. And then mm -hmm. question th three, if I had a different life, would I be able to honor you the way I am right now? And what I hear you saying on that question, Candace, is Lord, show me how all my life experiences 
are yeah. making an impact for your glory and good right now. Yes. I do not believe that we are to say, did you cause this Lord so that it would bring you glory and good? Because right. we can look at the life of Joseph. When you look at him, there wasn't a causation that was from the Lord going, now I'm going to make Potiphar's wife do this to him. Now I'm going to make this person forget him in prison when he said he would remember him. These are things that are human that have happened because we live in this world, right? Yeah. But the Lord this is said, a whole theological. Yeah. There's good yeah, and evil. Like we're absolutely. contending with a lot of things. Absolutely. And I know that. I know that is, it opens that. <laughs> yeah. But the greater question is, show me the goodness throughout my life. Like, Yes. Show me how you're making it good. Well, and let's continue on. If we're in Romans um, from our section here, he said what? One of the famous pas passages that we also hear in, in times of trouble or in times of sorrow or in times of uncertainty is Romans 8, 28. And we know for um, certain that those who love God, all things work together for the good, for those who yeah. ca are called according to his purpose. And that's where Romans 8, 28, uh, this is what I was more so asking of the Lord is a different life, would that have solved it? No, mm. no. Different circumstances, would that have solved what this moment is? No, because you are the God who works all things together for the good. And it doesn't matter what my story has been up, down, high, low. It doesn't matter the in-betweens. You've been working it for good. And so at some point I have to honor the fact that you're working. Candace, there's maturity in that question because... The Lord has led you to stop praying, why me? Uh -huh. And you're saying, who are you? 100%. Show me who you are. 100%. And that is mm. a maturity of faith that leads you, just like the verse, that whole verse you were sharing, it leads you to endure and endure well. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a huge question. I believe that we could pray out this episode on. Let's go. Let's pray. The mo this moment feels heavy, but if you're watching the live recording, you just saw a cat little zoop his head in that screen as we were saying, let's pray. And it, it's, <laughs> it's the like, funniest thing. I know you can't not hang out with us and laugh and cry. I just feel like this is, this is our anointing for you all. Um, we are I'm your mood stabilizer. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the mood stabilizing podcast that you didn't know you needed. But now you do grab those jelly beans and aardvarks. <laughs> Candice, yeah. um, I would love to pray us out. Sure. But do you feel the weight of uh, you want to pray it out? Your choice. No, I want you to pray it out. But I do want to say this scripture as we pray. Um, Romans 8, 26. The spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For when we do not know what we ought to pray for, the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he is the one who searches the heart. He knows the mind. The spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I, I really want us to just know that as we're praying, these words aren't magic. <laughs> They're not something to be like, well, that just solved all my problems. They said a, a wonderful little prayer for me at the end of their podcast. Nor do we want to be dismissive of what can actually happen when we say the spirit himself has things that he is praying for you in this moment that will not match or compare to what we're about to pray over you. So just be encouraged by that. When you're weak, you've got an advocate with the Lord.
exhale, guys. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the bravery over Candace to share. And I'm just going to leave that prayer where that is, God. And I lift up the listeners who might have identified throughout this conversation their own triggers or their trauma or their unhealthy responses, Lord. And we take that all and we lay it at your feet. And we say, God, there is an equipping coming. Hmm. There is a filling through the power of the Holy Spirit to move mountains, to, to identify trauma, to work through this stuff because you care about our hearts. You care about our relationships. You care about us. Lord, so I pray over every single person that they can answer that first question. Lord, tell me what you love about me. And even that question alone mm. will break the core of who you are in the best way possible to begin yeah. to know the character of who God is. And it begins to shift that question from, God, why me? Why me? To who are you, yeah. Lord? So in the midst of, of this unsettling or the hurt, God, we know you are with us. We, we, we pray that you highlight that for the listeners. We pray mm -hmm. that they can identify where you were and what it looks like and what you look like and who you are. And we want to see the goodness at the end of this. So God, I pray for a support system over those that might be in the middle of this. Yeah. I pray for relationships, maybe yet a to be established or maybe ones that are already there. I pray for wisdom yeah. and who the safe ones are. And I know these things are so fragile, God. So I just pray for a comfort of approach and a confident approach when, when people begin to um, look for that support and comfort in others, God. And I just pray for yeah. divine protection over our hearts, minds, and, and spirits as we mm -hmm. begin to walk out trauma or the trauma healings, Lord, or uh, the trauma triggers God. And, and I pray, not only do we identify the hurt, but we begin to identify the hope. Yeah. Yeah. And Lord, we thank you for being with us. I believe this is, um, a moment of transformation for many where they begin to feel the filling of the Holy spirit and the power of who you are in a whole new way. Yeah. And I believe that walking this out, they will leave changed they will understand a, a level of what it means to be set free. And we thank you for it, God, because it's not only impacting their hearts and souls, but it's impacting generations to come. Yeah. And I seal it up in the name of Jesus. Yep. Amen. Amen. Did you uh, want to add anything, Candice? I, I do. I feel like, yeah. um, Lord, we ask for discernment. Mm -hmm. uh, we ask for discernment with who to share with how much to share and when to share mm. in Jesus name. Amen. I feel like there's some people out there that you really just, you're like, okay, this is me and I need, I need to get it going. And I just want to encourage you that the Lord does give discernment. So just ask him, yeah. ask him. That's fine. Yeah. Well, man, I, I want to be pastoral in this moment. And okay. be like, uh, we love the local church and we will point you to the local church until the day we die. So yeah. if you um, are looking for that local community, please find a Bible believing teaching church. There might be healthy leaders there that want to equip and help you walk through this. Use discernment, as Candace said, within that process. But for some, that might be a great starting point towards healing. Yeah, sounds great. All right, y'all.
<laughs> until next week. <laughs> wow. I, I don't even know what to do with this one, but shut the shit up, everybody. If you've been inspired to stop shitting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.